0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA show with hosts Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. <laughs> to by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recaps the biggest storylines and news in the NBA.
1: Welcome to the 166th episode of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Lorien and, and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandric Ellison. Zan, how are you today?
0: I'm doing really well. You know, the season's still a good bit away. We're starting to kind of picture it though. We're looking at over-unders. We're trying to visualize it. And I think we did that last week with the Western Conference over-unders and we're going to do the same with the East this week. Is that the idea?
1: Yeah. And we'll use uh, bovadosportsbook.com as always for this type of stuff. Uh, We always talk about the props and things that they have, but they put out their over-unders last week and You know, Zane, you were saying, actually, with the West, they have some pretty good numbers, some some teams that we think are going to be pretty good that are a bit lower than the general consensus, one being the Clippers, which we both talked about being an over last week. But, yeah, do the Eastern Conference this week, and then we will talk about the – Cleveland, Chicago, Portland blockbuster, if you will, through throughout this, uh as we get to each team. Sprinkle
0: and it into the teams. Keep it yeah. guessing.
1: And then uh, other other big news, Ray John Lando, you know,
0: not the playoffs
1: yeah. quite yet, but uh signs a minimum deal with the Lakers. And so that's another live body for them. Does that change your opinion of them at all? Does it make I, you I probably to- would have downgraded them. I honestly um <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't would. know about over-under with regular season, but I don't know. I mean, you know, he played well in that title run and, and we can keep hanging on that. So until he doesn't, I guess for the Lakers, then you, you can be optimistic. I don't know. Those Lakers are just so old. This is an amazing stat. I saw Rajon Rondo, your buddy. How old do you think he is?
1: Uh, let's see. I actually saw him play in the Jordan game as a senior in high school. And I think that was 2004. I have no idea how long he stayed in college for at Kentucky. Let's say three years. So that'd be 2007, maybe 21. So 32, 33, 35 years old. Wow. I'm actually surprised he's that old. I guess he must've stayed in college longer than I thought.
0: But here's the crazy thing. I think he stayed for four years actually. Yeah. Um, he is 35 one of the older players in the NBA, he is the sixth oldest Laker. There are five Lakers older than Rondo. And on he's 30. The and he's
1: 35. How yeah. many... I guess the real question too is like, how many thirty-five-year-old players are there actually in the NBA right now that are not on the Lakers? I, mean, I
0: think it's about half are on the Lakers. Right. That's so crazy.
1: Iguodala is on the Warriors. JJ uh, Redick has said on his own podcast that he is playing next year, so he counts as well. So he's over thirty-five. Has uh, on forty-one. I think. Yeah. Yeah. UD is is. Yeah, he's never going to retire. Apparently, so if we just assume what it be, there's six players thirty five or older on the Lakers, I, I would be I'd, be I'd be very curious to see if there's six other players in the league that are over thirty five.
0: And they have Chris some Paul. young guys. Chris we Paul talked is. about it. You know, they do have some interesting young pieces. It's just like, are they going to play them? Are they going to fall back into Rondo? I, I don't know. Let's talk about the East though, because the Lakers are confounding. Okay, so. We're going to start with the
1: bottom of the barrel. Is that what we said? We're going to start with the the lower play, the lower uh, numbers. Is that correct? Oh, you go
0: that
1: we're going to start with the lower numbers. Correct. We're going to start with the uh, with the end of the yes, the bottom yeah. of the east. Uh, Paul Millsap's over thirty five. PJ Tugger, Chris Paul, Taj Gibson, and then Rondo. Wow, unreal. Okay, go ahead. Well,
0: we'll start at the bottom. And to kind of build suspense, and actually the bottom of the whole league, I thought Oklahoma City would be lower, but Orlando is actually the lowest over on on the board. 22 and a half wins over, they won 21 last year in a shorter season, so now they're really expecting them to plummet. So 22 and a half uh,
1: on Bovada, that's that's a little bit less than they would have won in a full season pace last year, correct? So that
0: is, well, you know, they had a weird year last year because remember they started with Vucevic and Evan Fournier and they were like, maybe they're going to try to contend again. They made the playoffs two years in a row and then eventually they're just like, okay, we can't compete. Let's just tank really quickly. Um, they actually had a negative nine point differential, which is one of the worst in the league. It's very so bad. they got very bad very quickly. Yeah, and it kind
1: of made sense a little bit because you know they they had signed Jonathan Isaac to this big deal and he missed the entire season, which you know that's totally fine. This team is still very odd. They have a lot of guys who I would really <clears throat> who I would really like as like the fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh guy on another team, but I, I just don't know that we have that number one guy. They still have Terrence Ross for for some reason. I, I don't know why. Uh, Wendell Carter, who I like, I'm. I, I don't know with Jamal Mosley, like if Steve Clifford was the coach, I, I think I'd probably be pretty comfortable thinking that like, all right, they'll be very good defensively. And like, he'll, he'll figure out a way to like eat to 25 wins. But I, I think this team probably just gets beat up in, in the East. I think the East is a lot better. I think the middle of the East is a lot better. So I'm going to go under on this. Although I do think, like I said, Orlando has some pieces that are very interesting, you know, Jalen Suggs, Fultz, I guess RJ Hampton should get a chance. Like that, that's exciting. Yeah. Franz Wagner. Well, You're Mo France Bamba already. and Mo Wagner as well. So and yeah. Robin Lo- and Robin Lopez for some reason. That that just makes like almost no sense to me. I don't but,
0: like the roster. I mean, like they're in a weird spot because they still have Markel Fultz who like hasn't proven that he could be an official. Right, starter. but he's
1: coming him and Jonathan Isaac are both coming off very serious knee injuries. So who right. even knows if they're gonna be ready to start? But the- even
0: like, would you even count Fultz as like a foundation, not even a foundational piece, but like as a future piece. I don't know if they know that yet.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they paid. Cole they good, Anthony so is
0: like a crazed mud bomber. And then Hampton's I, like a scorer. And then you have Jalen Suggs, who's probably going to be like I, a top of them on the pecking order. I would rather have Markel
1: Fultz than either RJ Hampton or, or Cole. Cole Anthony. So I, I don't know if like, you know, what we're saying is a general, is he a piece that like matters? I don't know that he matters in the grand scheme of like the league, but he certainly, I think he certainly matters to uh, Orlando.
0: You know, I thought it was interesting. Cause I, I always look at it. Like when you're talking about the way bottom and the way top, it's usually like a matter of motivation. Um, interestingly, like mostly the new coach is the only like rookie coach of the worst five teams, like Detroit, yeah. Cleveland, Houston, Oklahoma city. Those are all like veteran coaches technically. And this is his first year, so in a way, like I think that gives him more patience. And if he wants to win ten games, they're not going to fire him.
1: No, I, I think the issue with Orlando is that like their front office just hasn't really been able to figure out the. You know, they, they haven't drafted really a star. I suppose, you know what I mean. Like, I, I just think right. that
0: they definitely it, need the question. This is my this is my point. Why I'm taking the over, actually.
1: Oh, I'm interested
0: to hear. Yeah, because I mean, like, I think I definitely think they want to tank. I definitely, you know, in as much as like they want to top you know, three pick. Um, Cause they do need another star. I think at least one Damn. or two, it's just 22 and a half is it's
1: really low. lowest
0: on the board. And like, how bad do you have to be to get a top three pick? I don't think you need to win less than 20 games.
1: Yeah, but the goal, but we're saying you're saying that they'll try to win more. No, like they'll I don't go think they will try to they'll... win.
0: I think like they're going to be like Oklahoma City last year, where they should have had won 15 games, but like they accidentally win 20. Yeah, the, two the, or three, and then.
1: But the interesting thing too, like the very interesting thing about this team is they have a bunch of guys that like they have to play to try to figure out right. Like Wendell Carter, it's year four. You've got to play him. You have to see like is he an NBA rotation player or is he a guy that's like your 15th man? Like they absolutely need to play Mo Bamba or they need to move Mo Bamba. Like it makes no sense to have him on the team at this point. Like we're year, this will be year five for Marco Colts. Chimu Okiki missed the entire year, right? Like he's there. You have to see if he's any good. Like you're going to have to play Franz Wagner. So like, they're going to have to play a lot of young guys. Like this just feels like a situation where like, Terrence Ross, Robin Lopez, Michael Carter Williams, like Gary Harris, like those guys are probably I-, I won't say all of them will not be on the roster at the end of the year, but like aren't you probably moving those guys for whatever No, you totally. Can
0: get? I think I think it's the worst I think the uh, next Oklahoma City I think it's the worst roster for like a win now perspective. I just don't I just don't know if I would take any team under 22 and a half. That's 22 and 60. I mean, it's just such a high number of losses. Could happen if they if they want to tank right out of the gate. I don't know. I a new coach. I think they'll, you know, not be terrible from the start. I think they'll try a little bit at the start. I don't know. I just wouldn't bet it. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I understand that. I mean, betting the lowest number just like betting the highest number is probably never right.
0: Right. So you're going over or under. What do you think? I'm going. O- I'm going under. I'm going under. Under. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's keep the negative Nelly train going. Detroit actually is next. They are, despite having the number one pick. Their over-under is only 24 and a half. Last year, if for context, they won 20 out of 72 games. Um, but their advanced stats weren't terrible. They actually had a better point differential. They were only like negative five compared to negative nine for uh, Orlando. Give me this number one more
1: time. I just want to make 24 sure. 24 I- and a half. Oh, Wow that's a pretty good number. One thing, one thing, uh, one thing about boba like you're, you're not really getting one over on them. You know what I mean? Like you're, you never, there aren't a ton where I just like automatically look at it and I'm like, yes, that's wrong. I don't think this team is very good. Uh, I think that's part of it. I think Dwayne Casey is an okay head coach. I don't think he's like an amazing head coach, but I think he's pretty good. I kind of like, you know, some of their veterans, I like Jeremy Grant. I Kelly Olenek was, like, quietly quite good last year in a bad situation. They drafted Cade, who I do think will be very good right away. I, I think one of the issues is, like, they're, you know, Killian Hayes, we'll see, seems unlikely that he's going to be good. Siku, Siku, like, we saw some flashes. We haven't seen a lot of really good stuff from him. They're definitely going to need guys to – like, they need more guys in, like, the Sadiq Bay role where, like, this is a good rotational rookie. And so, yeah, there's a lot of youth on their roster. right? And then there's also some like very odd players. Like they they have like Corey Joseph, they have like Frank Jackson, they they paid Hamadou Diallo. I I think they sneak just over probably would be my guess. Like, I think this is like a 26 or 27 win team. I'd be surprised if they were incredibly bad unless they decide at the end of the year, let's try to be incredibly bad. Like, oh, Cade rolled his ankle and then, you know, 20 games left, you just shut him down because you're just like, it doesn't make sense for us to win. Otherwise, I think this will be a pretty, I think they'll be like right in the like 12, 13, 14 mix would be my guess in the East. Yeah, so I'll, I'll know, go
0: just over. I'm going over as well. And I, I think it's again, a matter of motivation. And my logic is Dwayne Casey is entering year four. If he wins 24 games, he's fired. Like, I mean, that's over. He he needs to win closer to thirty at least, if not more. And I don't I don't think he has the horses to do over thirty, but I'm just saying he's not gonna be have the patience to tank. He just doesn't have that luxury. And then so it's a matter for him, like how much do you play Killian Hayes, who doesn't still doesn't look ready? How much do you play the young guys, or how much do you have to like eke out wins to save your job? And so I think they're gonna win closer to thirty. I think this is a pretty over. I mean twenty four and a half, I think they're gonna win closer to thirty than than 24 even.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Fair enough. And not that that's any great shakes. I mean, you know, you go 30 and, you know, 50, it's not nothing to brag about, but Um, now let's talk about the marquee team of the week. Cleveland Cavaliers are next. I, we don't, we forgot to check what the line was before the big trade. I'm going to,
1: I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you that I doubt it changed, it changed much.
0: So they bring in Laurie Marketing for Larry Nance. Their over-under is still only 26 and a half. If you're curious what they were last year, it's mostly the same team. They were 22 and 50. So it's about 24 wins, 25 wins. So they're expecting a modest
1: improvement to 26 yeah, and a half. This is an interesting 26 and a half feels fine. I, I don't know what the trade real quick, just in case people haven't heard. Um, the Cavs get Laurie Markkinen and they instantly inked him to like four years. I think it was like four years, 67, but the last year has just like a small amount of money guaranteed. So it's actually only a 55 million guarantee, which is like pretty good. I think if you think he's going to be pretty good. They get Laurie Markkinen, the Blazers get Larry Nance, the Bulls get Derek Jones, a Portland protected first rounder. It's protected like one, to it's lottery protected through 2028. I would imagine it'll convey right away. And then they get a Denver 2023 second rounder from the Cavs. So. This is kind of an interesting deal. The Cavs now have like already 150 million locked up in in two bigs. And then Evan Mobley's deal, plus like they still have Colin Sexton and Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro, who those guys will all eventually get contracts. I would imagine maybe not Okoro, but I don't, I don't know what Cleveland's doing, Zan. I'm. I'm not. I, I. don't. I don't really get it. I like it. I think it's cool to like. Well, try like they're to definitely a case things. of like.
0: Let's just draft in our minds best available. You know, like and then you end up That's with fine. two little guards, yeah. and two big guys, and then you add Larry Markin, so they really soft in the middle. You know,
1: like Markkinen definitely helps them more than Larry Nance, and I, I will say I, I very much like Larry Nance. I think Portland did well here to get off Derek Jones and get a player who can legitimately play and help them at the four spot and, and pass and like make a three if he needs to, he's pretty good defensively. You can switch. Like I think Larry Nance makes Portland better. I think Portland is the the, the overwhelming winner of this deal. I think Cleveland is in the middle. Like I, I think we still maybe have more to see out of Laurie Markkinen, but obviously they definitely need a floor spacer around Jared Allen. Like you, you need a guy who can make shots. So he's just a stretch four it seems very unlikely that Kevin Love's going to be on their roster to start the year. I'm sure yeah, that's they're still, a great
0: point. He's still owed $60 million.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they're kicking around trying to move him first, right? Like they're, they're just trying to move him, but I, I would imagine it'll end up in a buyout situation. We'll keep our eyes on that. We've heard the Lakers. I think that makes zero sense. I don't know why he'd go there, but we'll say so.
0: Well, here's a good, talking about Kevin Love. I mean, this is going to be a depressing thought. He's owed 30 million, 30 million, basically. Um, he's turning 33 in a week. Like, how much does he have left? Like, how much motivation does he have to play? Is he one of those guys who wants to be a 20-minute guy on the Lakers? I don't know. Or does he just collect his money and just like walk off into the sunset?
1: I don't know. I don't know what he's got left in the tank. Not much, I would assume. I, I just, you know, it, it seems like his injury he's always got like a lower body thing going on. Right. Like you just don't know what you're going
0: to get from him. I mean, I like him. I've always liked him as a player. You know, maybe he was a little overrated at times, but here's something that would be scary. Cause I was looking this up. I'm like, is he going to be the kind of guy who wants to play for, you know, two or $3 million or whatever it is. And after the buyout last year, he's never been a shot blocker, you know,
1: correct. Very bad defensive player,
0: <laughs> you know, and he just doesn't have the length. Last year he played a total of 622 minutes, blocked a total of two shots.
1: That's not like a scare. That that doesn't matter. I mean, that doesn't matter. 0.1
0: blocks a game for a guy who's probably your center now.
1: What do we? What do I care about that though? If he makes threes, he can give up as many twos as he wants. Like it's not. You know, I I would like to see him block more shots, but like I'm not draft. I'm not signing Kevin Love to black shots, right? I'm, I'm signing. I'm going to ask about Cleveland
0: though, too, because we're both presuming he's gone from the roster. Yeah,
1: I, I would assume that. And I think Tory and Prince is a good pickup for them. Like I think he'll play, but there, there again, this is like an odd mix. Like you, you have to decide, like, I just don't think it makes sense to have Garland and Sexton personally, but.
0: Well, and also the Mobley thing, because I could justify the Laurie Marketing thing thinking, okay, you play him 32 minutes at Power forward. You play Jared yep. Allen 32 minutes at center, and then you switch Mobley in between, 50-50, and then yep. you get 48 minutes across the board. But is Mobley a power forward slash center? Like, where is he best?
1: He's a five. I think he's a five, and obviously, like I think you can you can use him in both spots. I think he'll be pretty ineffective early as a four-man. Obviously, he's got to get stronger. You know, summer league it's not super indicative of like all the things that you'll, you'll see in the future. But I, I think that this gives them that there's not a ton of pressure on Evan Mobley early. Cause he's probably going to struggle. It's going to take some time with him. He's, he's not physically ready. I think to be an impact player. I think he will figure it out. I think by the end of the year, he'll be pretty good. But I think this gives them, uh, you know, some more options. They can play Isaiah Hardenstein as well, like as a five, if they need to, they can go small. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think, for them, it gives them a starter at the four. You know, now they have a a, a relatively like reasonable starting lineup, right? Like your two guards, your, your, your Garland and Sexton, both who had good years last year. Then Torian Prince at the three, Mark and in at the four, and Jared Allen at the five. That that's not a terrible right. team. Now the depth, although you would
0: you would love to have an actual you know small forward in today's NBA. I mean, Okoro might yeah. get there, but he's shortly. Tor- Tor-
1: and then also, like, I mean, Damien Dotson can credibly play the three if you need him to. Like, they, they have some good players. I,
0: what's this number again? 27? It's 20, no, 26 and a half.
1: 26 and a half. Man, I can I'll, see either way.
0: I'm going over again. Yeah, and I think, think this is from no the same print. logic. This, it's just like, over
1: too. It's like, this is a team that wants to win. Right. This and is a I team think that's, that's
0: like the sign for Lori Marketing. Like, they're like, Hey, we can't sit around and wait because maybe our coach will get fired, maybe our GM will get fired. Yeah, I think they have to push.
1: Yeah, I do yeah. wonder, like JB Bickerstaff and and uh, Kobe Altman, Like, I, I wonder what the leash is here. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't. Yeah, because
0: JB, like, this might be his longest gig ever, right? I mean, let me. Th- I mean, he he doesn't last long in places. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's, that's true. He's, we'll see. This is, is now. This, this is like, like yeah. Over. He's.
0: He has never made it over to years so or even two full well, years, he's
1: always so. like an interim guy too so they yeah. gave him a four-year deal so I would imagine he'll be there again like he'll be here next year but also like it is coming time and this this maybe feels a little bit early for it but it is definitely coming time that like they have to decide if Sexton and and Garland can play together because I do think Sexton is like ready for a rookie extension and he absolutely deserves you know the very least I think he deserves like that four for forty five extension that like a lot of people get, but he probably deserves more money than that, like Sexton is a very good player, so
0: he's I was averaging twenty like four a game i mean
1: he, he's putting up numbers and and Garland was quite good last year, like yeah. he he definitely rebounded like he's he's not like chris Paul right, like that's not we heard he could be Chris Paul, like he's certainly not that guy yet, and probably will never be, but like he seems to be a very good starting n b a point guard,
0: yeah, and he he was just like an undersized guy who's getting better and better, and I think he's like. I, I mean, I think he could take a big leap this year. He's on the board for most improved. I think he's a contender for that if he keeps progressing.
1: Man, we've uh, given out like every Blavada most improved prop. <laughs> like we just keep giving guys out, you know? We I, I, I have a lot of guys on
0: the board. Garland does uh, so make gone, sense. I've yeah. gone three overs in a row, and I, I'm tempted to do it again here. With your Washington Wizards, last year they won 34 and 38, so almost 500 and made the playoffs. This year they're expected, according to Bovada, to take a step back 33 and a half after all that Westbrook trade.
1: I think that they probably will here here's the thing, right? With 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 Washington. If they're playing well, they'll like they'll go over. If it's going to be close, they'll go under because they're going to trade Brad Beal. Like I know that like they don't want him. They are they, they don't want to trade Brad Beal. And Beale claims he won't. But like if they're let's say they're 10 and 18 or something like there's a very good chance that Brad Beal gets traded right away. And without Beale, like they have no chance and and they have so some like
0: sort kind of, of like, you know, Houston and Houston last year. last year.
1: Yeah. And and so like my, my thing with this is like, they have some other contracts that make a lot of sense in terms of like getting a good package, right? Like not the Kuzma deal, but the Montrez Harold, deal, the Contavious Caldwell Pope deal, like those deals make sense to throw in and like make money match on stuff. So I don't think they're going to like trade for Ben Simmons. I, I think it'll be fine. I don't think this team is all that good. And I think with a new coach, like they have some interesting pieces, but like they need some guys to get better. Like they, they really need a big leap from Rui really need Denny Avija to come back healthy and like take a leap. And I don't know that I, like, I don't have the belief in like uh, Wes Unseld right now, not knowing how, how he's going to operate, but they do have Brad Beale and he is really, really good. And they do have Spencer Dinwiddie and he's very good. I think, I guess I'll
0: go over.
1: I guess. I don't know. Yeah,
0: you you, I was gonna go over confidently, but you kind of scared the life out of me with the idea of the Houston comparison because it's like you're right. Like if they trade Beal, they they could go win fifteen games this year. Like it just completely blow it up. Yeah, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna close. go over just because like I like KCP, I like they're you know. like right near the
1: tax line too. So like if they trade
0: Beal, like they'll have a lot of money
1: to kind of like play with, but they'll also have money to play with if they think they can get Beal to sign an extension, they also have a bunch of money coming off the books that they think they could add guys next year, right? So like they have options now, which they haven't before, which makes them a little bit more of like a wild card.
0: Yeah, but you look at like KCP, you know, Kuzma, Harrell, like all these guys are not like championship players, even though they won the championship. Um, but they're, they're guys who can get you to 500, I think, or close to it with better depth. I'm going over, but uh, yeah, it would scare me just the, the bet of it all, the bet on Beal sticking around. Cause if, he, even if he doesn't, um, even if they're, you know, in the mix and he's not indicating that he's going to sign an extension, wouldn't you trade him anyway? Cause it's like, is he going to actually stick around?
1: I don't know the answer to that. I I know that he has a good relationship with Tommy Shepard, and I know that he has said all the right things. I don't know. This is going to sound like an insane statement to make, but like I don't know that like Beal pushes like I mean, he pushes certain teams over like the title, like like if if he went to like Golden State, right? Like, I would say with, like, Steph and Beal and Draymond and, like, a healthy-ish Clay, like, yeah, that team seems like they can win a title. But it seems like they can win a title without Beal, like, if everything goes right. So, like, where is Brad Beal going that, like, he guarantees them a chance to win the title? Like, where is it going where it's like, oh, man, like, this big three is amazing?
0: Well, like, just theoretically, like, if you went to a team like the Knicks, like, you don't think it moves the needle real? Don't think so.
1: Like, I, I don't. I don't see it in, in like... Maybe, like Boston, like maybe him and Jason Tatum together if they're willing to trade Jalen Brown, and obviously that money doesn't make a ton of sense yet, but like maybe Boston him and Jason Tatum together, but i I mean, that seems bad he would have
0: he would have moved the needle for the Lakers instead of Westbrook theoretically. yeah he's he the world
1: where he he
0: probably moves the needle, but he he probably doesn't
1: even move the needle like that much over like Portland, you know what I mean like right. he 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 definitely is an upgrade over c j McCollum, but like he's he's not like. Way better, you know? How about again, this?
0: If I was Washington, I was like putting myself in their shoes. Um, They cleared up a lot of room, cap room, by trading Westbrook. Beals from Missouri. Free agent to be from Missouri, Michael Porter Jr. I think they fit pretty well together. And he's a guy that's probably worth the max right now, and is a rising player. It's just he's a restricted free agent, and yeah, Denver. I like mean, a Denver will go. just match it, right? Yeah, I would assume so. I mean,
1: he he would he would push like if you just traded Michael Porter for Brad Beal, like Michael Porter and something, like then I, you know. Jamal Murray, Jokic, and and Beal together like that, I can get behind. Right? No,
0: I'm talking about Washington. No, no, I know Washington Porter.
1: signing Michael Porter. I, I get I'm just that.
0: thinking for your team. I'm trying to figure out a way to like uh, that would be an interesting little group there. Beal and Porter, and then just surround them with decent role players. I think that's a top five team.
1: Yeah, I, I could. I don't know about top five team, but again, I'm tremendous not even trying. I'm not even trying to like slander Brad Beal. He is a tremendous NBA player, like a top twenty guy, top fifteen guy, depending on what your belief is. But like. For me, he's not in that like top six group and he's probably not getting there. And I don't know how many guys outside of that group can there can like keep their team to win a title. Like if he went to Philly, maybe that would put him in the title conversation more so than they are. But I don't know. I just think that like, I think he'll stay in D.C. ultimately. Like if you so maybe. We're, both going, right we're
0: both going over. Not super confident. But this next team. You really can find some unders.
1: I I haven't unders. gone. I've
0: gone four. And oh. Um This one's interesting. Toronto Raptors. 2 years ago, you know, 3 years ago they they won the title, you know, that season.
1: Then 2 what years happened?
0: ago, they went 53 and 19 coach of the year after Quay left and then the bottom fell out. They're playing in Tampa. They had some, you know, issues. 27 and 45 last year. And yeah, Vegas be- is not expecting them to bounce totally back. Only a 35 and a half over under.
1: Yeah, they'll be back. They'll be back in Toronto, right? This is an under for me. Yeah. This team is I don't think they'll trade Pascal Siakam. I, I would be surprised because I don't think he, this is a similar, like he's not as good as Ben Simmons, but like it's a similar argument to Ben Simmons. Like what can you return that gives you a similar value to what Siakam gives you? And, you know, there's different levels of like what people think Siakam gives you, but he's a good NBA player. Like he's, he's a very good NBA player. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but like, I don't think Goran Dragic is going to be on this team. Right. I think it's going to be like Scotty Barnes and OG And, like, Gary Trent, like, that's just not, (laughs) to me, and Van Blee, like, it's a good team. I I hesitate to go under because, like, I think Nick Nurse is great, as you know. You do, too. That's your guy. But, like, I just, I I don't know where the wins really come from. Like, this strikes me as, like, a team that, like, they're kind of in the play-in mix. But I do, we do know, here's what we know. If Masai gets an offer for Pascal Siakam that he thinks makes them better in four or five years, he's going to take it. And like it, that, the chances are that like that deal is going to make them worse today. And so I would assume that this team has, there's got to be like a 25% chance they go over. But I think they end up going under a lot more than they go over because like I just don't, this year's just not that good, honestly. Yeah,
0: they're, they're limited upside these days. Um, I'm going over though, just because I think there's a high floor, in, unless they just blow it up. But like, you know, Van Fleet's a vet, OGs, oh, they're committed to him. Siakam has a long-term contract. Like I just don't. I think there's too many moves to make to blow it up. Um, so I think they're gonna like hang close to 500. I think you're right. Like sort of a play-in team.
1: I'm not excited Maybe. about them. Like they'll be they'll be solid, right? Like you'll, you. This isn't a team that you're gonna like roll over unless they decide to pay. But at some point, like they're gonna be like, hey, what do we have in Malachi Flynn? Like what do we have in Scotty Barnes? Like we got to keep playing Chris Boucher, who we think is good. But are, are well, we? And guys- it's
0: sort of like the Fred Van Vliet. like. You know he's short. They have a short upside in the sense that, like, I love Van Vliet if he's your sixth guy. If he's like your leading scorer, like, who loves Fred Van team. Vliet? I do like him a lot. But like, yeah. if he's your starter and he's one of your best players, like, what's your upside?
1: Yeah, and like Kyle is not. I know, like, there are people, and and this is a worthy debate. But I, I know people think that Kyle is the best player in franchise history, and I think it's definitely worth discussing. But you lose that type of like leadership and mentality and production. Like, I mean, Kyle is a great player for Toronto and, and, and replacing that and what he meant to the culture is it's not the easiest thing to do. I I will say that it's not the easiest thing to do. And so like, I would sort of expect at a certain point that Masai kind of like evaluates the team for 30 or 40 games. And if like, he thinks they're good enough then we probably lose because they're going to go over. But if they're not, you know, he's going to be like, Hey, like, Let's go. You know what I mean? Like let's just figure out a way that I can win another title potentially in a couple of years because this yeah. team is not that, you know.
0: Well, that's why I thought he might bounce from the franchise. Didn't he I'm just like, get a,
1: didn't he take a like a, you giant know, he got a big yeah. yeah, he got a
0: huge contract. But I'm like, cause there's not like a huge path forward here um to win another title.
1: Yeah, because you 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 have to figure out a way to make Siakam like your third best player. Like I, I think Siakam is a max guy. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I do think he's that good but I don't want him to be like my 1A max guy. You know, I just don't think that's the right role for him, even though I I think he's very good.
0: Like, I don't know if Toronto was hoping for Giannis or not, but like, I feel like there's some teams that are like, okay, "Okay, we didn't get Giannis and that was sort of our plan A and now we're kind of stuck.
1: Yeah, I think that Miami was also in that boat. Like, I I don't know if Dallas was ever like truly in that boat, although I did really like that conspiracy theory, but I think Toronto and I think Masai, I, I agree with you. Like, I think they thought there was a chance And now I think he's kind of just waiting to see what everybody else does. And so, whereas like Miami was like, all right, well, we still have old players. Like, let's just sign other good old players and keep our window open. Like, I don't know, two years, maybe. I think Masai is kind of just waiting to see like, okay, where's the move I can make? Because like, I mean, him trading DeMar DeRozan after he fired Dwayne Casey, like, I mean, that's a huge move. And we've talked about it at length, but like, he is one guy who will absolutely just detonate his team from the inside if he thinks it makes him better in the future.
0: Um, Next team. You're Charlotte Hornets. You're close with the organization. Last year, they improved to 33 and 39. They actually overachieved their over-under last year by about seven games.
1: That's two years in a row they've overachieved, right? Yeah.
0: And that now they're projected to go all the way up to 38 and a half. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's fine. They got an extension. Uh, I think that things are, things are good there. I'm excited for year two of... Uh, Lamelo Ball and potentially year one of LiAngelo Ball wouldn't surprise me if he received a contract there. Uh, I don't, th- I don't think he will, but you know they got Kelly Oubre, so that's another like NBA caliber wing. Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time watching like the Martin twins and roles that they like shouldn't be. Uh, I think this team is good. I don't think this team is like incredible. I, I don't think they're going to hurt a ton losing Devonte Graham. I think like Mason Plumlee is a pretty good addition for them. I think Ish is Smith is a pretty good addition for them and how they want to play. Uh, I, I really wish they had like one more like live body, uh, in the front court. Cause I, I just am not really a Vernon Carey believer. Like, but I-, I think this team's good. I'm excited to see James Booknight. I will go. What is it? 38, 38 and a half. When's the last time the Hornets won more than 38 games in like a full season.
0: Had to be Kemba. They made the playoffs a couple of times.
1: All right, whatever. I'm going to go over because I just want to see people that I like do well. So I'm going to go over. I don't have a lot of conviction on over or under. I could see it going either way. They they typically seem to overachieve. So this feels like a team that's like a playing team to me. Like. And, the, and obviously health matters. Like if they can't keep Gordon Hayward healthier, they can't keep LaMelo ball healthy, but like LaMelo is going to probably take a pretty big jump, I would assume in year two. So he's the type of guy that can really kind of like drag you to 45 wins. So
0: I'm so gonna, going to, I'm going to go over. Go answer over. Your question. That wasn't until uh, 2016 was the last time they won 40 games. Let's say yeah, it's been a long time. Um, I'm going under, I think. You know, after overachieving last year, I think Lamelo played better than expected. I think there's due for a little regression all around. I know he's a rookie, but still, like he—I looked at the stats. He actually got a little worse over the course of the season. They well, he, he was bad.
1: Hurt. He was yeah. bad coming back from injury because I think they really struggled to integrate him. To <laughs> but I think I think
0: teams him. are going to really focus on him. Defenses, I mean, he's going to have the ball every. Right, and I think that's a different. Like they brought him along, but pretty slowly last year, and I think. I think he's in for a little bit of a bumpy start. Although I was skeptical last year and I was proven wrong. But I'm still going under. It's
1: interesting that they they must think they're closer to the playoffs. I I have no inside information on this. So just this is my own personal opinion. But given the decisions they've made in the offseason, they must think they're closer to the playoffs than than like I don't know than like conventional wisdom suggests, because like they did add veterans, right? Like like obviously like Kelly Uber is young, but like he's a guy who's played in playoffs before. Like he's a guy who you know, you don't totally like love as your, you know, fourth or fifth guy, but like they added him, they added Ish Smith, they added Mason Plumley. Like they've invested in guys who have like played lots of games in the NBA, which you maybe think that like this specific team wouldn't do that, but because they have Hayward and because they have Rozier, you know, I I think they feel like, all right, we have to take a, take a shot and we have to try to make the playoffs sooner rather than later with, with LaMelo.
0: Yeah. I think they're in for disappointment. Um, Speaking of overachievement last year, the Knicks, they're over-under last year with 21 wins. They they went 41-31, and 31, you know, Thibodeau coach of the year in the process. Uh, Vegas is expecting a little bit of regression, 41-and-a-half, you know, which is a little worse over a full season. How do you think they'll do? That's about 500. I,
1: I don't really understand, like, I don't really understand, like, the major regression part, right? They were 10 games over 500 last year. So mm-hmm. it's not like I think this team is going to be a 50-win team, but... Like, I I think they're better than last year. Like, I think their team is better. I think, you know, they added Kemba. I think Miles McBride in the draft is going to be a guy who can play for them. I don't know a ton about Quentin Grimes and what his situation is, but, like, they re-signed Alec Burks. They re-signed Derrick Rose. I I do think Randall will regress a little bit, and obviously their defense will regress. We've talked a lot about their three-point shooting
0: defense. 33.7 last year, by far the best opposing,
1: you know. But also, like they get Mitchell Robinson back this year. Like our boy Nurlands, if he's you know, his court cases are finished, like he's gonna be in the mix making money finally. So maybe that's bad. And I don't suing.
0: know. We could talk about that in another podcast, maybe.
1: I think uh yeah, that the rich paul, if you guys haven't heard Nerlens Noel is suing Rich Paul for like lack of fiduciary duty, but it's gonna get laughed out of the court because he didn't file agreements with the MBAPA and he wants a Dallas court to overrule the players' association and contract law. So he may be entitled money and he may be actually like true in what he's saying, but from a procedural standpoint, like it's, it's not going to happen. But anyway, I think this is an over. Um, I don't think the Knicks are going to be great. Right. Like I, I don't think this is the year where like the Knicks win 55 games again and like the gardens rocking, but I think they're better. And I think this is a 45 win team personally. Like I, I, i I'll, expound on this in a little bit when we talk about No it. we don't Another
0: have to example. I mean I think I think that's right and I'm surprised the the over under is that low just because people are you know the average person buys into the Knicks you know like Look, I, and I, I was wondering digging into their opponent's three point percentage as much I, as we are.
1: I was wondering about that actually Zan like y- y- there are public teams right like we you know the Cowboys are like a super public team. Like Notre Dame football is very, very public. But like the Knicks it seems like yes like New Yorkers love them but I there's not like like I mean, maybe New Yorkers like are Lakers. like well,
0: maybe right. they're conditioned. Even Knicks fans are conditioned to be skeptical. So that's
1: that's why I wonder if like they set the number a little bit lower because if they set it at like forty four or forty five, then everyone would just hammer the under,
0: right? And, but I, I mean, I agree with your logic. I think they would have like if they didn't make any moves, they would have been in for a big crash. But you know, adding Fournier, Kemba should be okay. Like that'll keep them afloat. I think in that yeah,
1: this, this this roster fine, right? Like the issue yeah. is that Julius Randall. Was what second team all NBA last year? One most improved player. You're probably not getting that exact same season out of him this year, especially from, from a shooting perspective. But like they've done enough. Like with, with Fournier and with Kemba, like you, you've replaced some of the offense. Like he doesn't have to do so much. We've talked about RJ Barrett and the leap he's taken as a player. Like he's certainly not a superstar, like we thought he'd be at 16, but like he's a very good NBA starting guard. Like he's he's very good. He's he defends. If they get something out of Obi Toppin, like something from him offensively as like a backup, maybe he won't be a small ball five for Thibs, but and then New and Mitchell Robinson are as good as we think they'll be on defense. Like this team should be pretty good. Like they they should definitely be better than like the Bulls who for some reason are projected to win more games than them.
0: Right. Well, let's talk about the Bulls because yeah, they won 10 last games last year. They were 31 and 41. Their over-under is about the same, 42 and a half based on their moves. You know, they added DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball. They're sort of like everyone's darling right now.
1: Yeah, this is an under. Like I, this number, I, I think the Bulls are good. I, I think they. I think I don't understand.
0: I think at Barkley all. said they would be top five in the East. Who said that, Charles Barkley? Charles Barkley. Mm.
1: That is the guy that I go to for a lot of my basketball insights these days. <laughs> couple couple things on the Bulls really quickly. So I think it's fine for them to get a first round pick. Uh, I don't know why they took back Derrick Jones. Like, what, why didn't they just take Larry Nance? Like, what what was the point of taking yeah. Derrick Jones?
0: I don't know, that's a good question, because my fear with the team is, like, I'm looking at their depth chart. Like, they're thin in the front court. Like, you know, they have Patrick Williams and Vucevic as the starters on listed on Roto World, and then their backups yeah. are, you know, I mean, De- Tony Bradley. I, I mean, like I would assume
1: not. DeMar DeRozan is going to play right. four for them. That's what I
0: think, like, the, their solution is, like, we're going to play three guards and DeRozan at the four, and that's kind of worked for Billy Donovan in the past, but it's kind of scares me from a depth perspective.
1: I think that... This is a team that has names on it. Like people, people know Zach Levine. They know Alonzo Ball. They know Demar Derozan. I think that it's going to be a minute to try to figure this out. I I think this is a thirty-five win team right now. And and again, wow. it's not That's that I a, don't. Do you want to put
0: a highlight on that? This was this
1: was my this was my best bet for the East was this under. And and it's not it's not because like I don't think these guys are good, but like they need to play Patrick Williams. Like they need to play Kobe white. And like, you can't play those guys with like Vooch and Zach Levine and like DeMar, like you're in a situation where like, you need more veterans. You don't have a chance for guys really to fail. So all of a sudden your depth is just like garbage. Like, and it's not that I think those guys are bad, but like Patrick Williams was very good in summer league, but he's not going to be in a situation to take 25 shots a game. Like he might get three shots, right? He might yeah, get
0: both hands. Love him. Like I saw somebody I, I think he's predicting good. future MVP from him. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I
1: don't know about all that, but then like they're they're, like veteran depth is like Ryan Archiacono and like Alex Caruso and like Tony Bradley. And like, I think Troy Brown is pretty good and he never really got a shot in DC, but I don't know that he gets a chance to really prove things here because this is a team that apparently like they're in win now mode right now. Right. And I mean, Zach Levine could have as good a year as he had last year, but if he was a little bit worse and a little bit less efficient, would that be stunning to any of us? I don't think so. And with DeMar,
0: like... Right. Well, I think you nailed it. It's like, I'm optimistic on the Bulls improving. And like, I think they're better. And you can squint and see that it all fits. But to think that you presume that they're better than the Knicks, it takes a lot of projection. It doesn't make sense. And I'm I'm not ready to get there. So I'm going under. Not quite as confident. I think they're going to win like... 41, 40, and it's like, I, I just don't want to have to bet on yeah. the best-case scenario.
1: This is this is my second best bet on Bovada right now, after the Spurs over. I like the Spurs over better than this, but I like this one the second most.
0: Um, another team that's right in the same mix, Indiana. Last year, they had a down year. They had some injuries, 34 wins. They hired Rick Carlisle, and their over-under is now about 500, 42.5.
1: Yeah. I think this is an over assuming that everybody is assuming health and that's hard to do. And we'll talk about that obviously at the top of the East. I think this is an over, uh, I I like what they've done with the roster. I think Rick Carlisle will help. They get guys healthy. Like, I think this is like sneaky, like they could be better than Miami and it wouldn't stun me. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I like this over a good bit, I think.
0: Well, there's this sort of like analytics college football um, principle. That's kind of counterintuitive, but I think it, they claim it makes sense is like the best um, predictive measure of success is past success. And that certainly makes sense when you're talking about Alabama and Clemson and stuff like that. But same with basketball in the sense that like this team won, you know, 45 games recently, they won 48 games recently, they won 48 the year before that. So you could see that it doesn't take a lot to think that they could just bounce right back into that range.
1: Right. And they have, they added NBA 2021-22 Rookie of the Year, Chris Guarte, who will play right away. Like, Karis LeVert is a guy that we didn't see a ton of, obviously, because of the health issues, but he's there. TJ Warren should be healthy. Jeremy Lamb, I don't think will be ready at the start of the year. But, like, this is a team with, like, Malcolm Brogdon, and, like, they they have good players. I I mean, and Rick Carlisle is a really good coach. Right.
0: You know, I'm going under just because, like, you mentioned the injuries. like
1: Yeah, it's hard to... All
0: their stars have been injured. And, like, they've never really played together. How well does it fit? And Carlisle should have the ability to, like, you know, if he wants to trade, you know, Sabonis or something, he can do it if he yeah. wants.
1: Now, this uh, is actually a team, I, I will say, this, this is actually a team that, like, if Brad Beal was on it, then maybe I would mm-hmm. buy them as, like, an Eastern Conference title contender. Because there are so many good players around him. It depends on what they give up. But, like, Beal, Brogdon, like, I don't know, Levert, let's assume they trade like Sabonis, right? they're, they're not going to do it. They don't have the pieces to do it. But like this team has a bunch of good players.
0: On. Well, and they're all guys who have been like stars at one time, like not stars, yeah, but like but stars, 20 point guys, yeah, you know, in
1: other places
0: like Brogdon's had a great run. Levert's had a great run in Brooklyn, you know, TJ Warren had the bubble. It's just like, they have never done yeah. it at the same time necessarily, but there's certainly the potential. I think yeah. you're right. Like there's a chance they could be a top five seed. Do you think I, they're
1: better or worse? Let's say, let's say Philly circles back around. We heard about that Brogdon or first round pick for Ben Simmons. It's definitely not enough, but let's say Philly circles back around and says, All right, Brogdon, Isaiah Jackson, a first, and then like a 20 35 first. Like, do you think Ben Simmons makes them better or worse
0: than Brogdon? I, I really like Ben Simmons on a team like this or Toronto or somebody who's like needs a little bit of the spark. Yeah, um, maybe I, I could see it. I don't think it makes them a lot better. Don't get me wrong, but I would probably take the over in that case. I, I just think and you're 42, taking slightly under. Yeah, it's just like 42 and a half doesn't sound like a lot, but you have to go 43 and 39. I think, you know, I would have guessed like 42 wins. So I don't know. Anytime I'm skeptical or, you know, right on the fence. Under is probably, yeah, Yeah. probably good. Okay, now we're moving to the next like tier Tier. of teams that like they're expected to make the playoffs in sort of the 45 to 50 win area, starting with Boston. Last year, they were 500 only. They brought in a new coach, obviously. Over under jumps to 45 and a half.
1: Yeah, I think – I think, man, I really don't want to go over on this, but I think I'm going to go over. I, I like I like Jason Tatum as like a sneaky MVP candidate, um, but I really like Al Horford's addition. I don't think Al Horford is washed in the least. Uh, they paid Robert Williams. Jalen Brown's healthy. We saw how good they are. I think Josh Richardson helps. I think Grant Williams is going to have a pretty big role on this team. I like the Chris Dunn addition, him and Marcus Smart. I think this isn't over. This is a good team in my opinion. I think a new voice will be a little bit better too. Not that I thought Brad Stevens was bad in the least. I, I don't think that. But I think just some new ideas. And we know that Ima Doka has managed some very good defenses over the last couple of years. And so I, I think that this is going to be good for them overall. And, again, I, I just I, – I really like bringing back Al Horford. I, I hope I'm not a dummy in that, like, he's not – and he's washed. Like, I, I don't think he is. But I think this isn't over. I think Boston's going to be pretty darn good.
0: Well, and also talking about what we decided about with Indiana, like the last few years before the disappointment, they were 55-27, 49-33. They were 48-24 and, yeah. and, were 48 and 24 prior to last year.
1: Just getting like Kemba out of there, not that Kemba was like bad, but just getting like that contract off the books and replacing it with a couple different guys might be better for them because there's not this pressure to like force Kemba to play if he's hurt or like try to figure out how to like integrate him when he's been hurt. Like I think it'll be a little bit easier on the team from a hierarchical standpoint.
0: Well, I, you know what? I'm, I'm still going under for the same logic as I did for Indiana, which I understand your logic totally. Like it makes sense. I just think 44, 45 feels right to me. And so if I'm on the borderline, I'm going under just to prevent against injuries. Um, That's true. But you know, last year, prior to last year, they were top five in offense, top five in defense. They made the conference final. So, I mean, like, and it was basically the same team. I mean, this is not like an overall team, so they definitely have the potential Boston I do think is one of those teams the public gets a little more excited about than
1: Yeah, I might be falling in I might be falling into that trap for sure. But like I said, it's this is Game a good team. Excitement.
0: Um Atlanta last year they went on a big run. They were they finished the year at the 5th seed, 41 wins, but they're projecting a bump up to 46 and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go under. Um I know how dumb that sounds. This Atlanta team is very good. We talked about how good they were last year. I think Nate McMillan is good for them. Um, but I also think that like you don't get a chance to really sneak up on people anymore. Trey is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I think also a very sneaky MVP candidate on Bovada. I think we said that his odds were like right around like plus plus twenty, like 4,000 or something. And that's, that's pretty good for a guy who's going to put up really crazy numbers. They paid John Collins, but they didn't do like a ton else. They got DeLon Wright, who I think helps as like a backup point guard. Jalen Johnson, people are really excited about I'm, I'm not as excited. DeAndre Hunter will be healthy. Kong was out for like a good while, apparently. So I, I think this team's good. I think they're, they're going to win 45 games, probably. I, I don't I – don't, just stacking this roster up against Boston, assuming Al Horford is like good again, I like Boston better, which I think is surprising even to myself and just looking at it. But I think this team's good. I, I think in a couple of years, like I, I don't think they're a title contender this coming year. Uh, but I think once they figure it out and maybe they get somebody else, like they you know, Jalen Johnson is really good. Like, I, I think there's a chance they are a title contender, but I, I don't see it next year. I think this is just a very good team.
0: Yeah. And the thing that scares me is like, everyone's excited about Atlanta and kind of reminds me of, you know, not to like Trey Young and Luca again, but like Dallas, like everyone always expects this big jump.
1: Yeah. There might not be a big jump in there, you know? Right.
0: Like, what if they're just the same and, and they and, win forty five games?
1: Right, and they could be they could be better and win less games. I know how right. we've talked about that a bunch. Like, you could be better and it, you you get unlucky and your it's your record's right. not. And reflected. then the
0: other stat, like I think, is important is like they were outscored pretty handily by Philly last year in the playoffs, even yeah. though they won. So, like, I, I don't see them as a true top four team yet. I'm going. I, to I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Miami is next.
1: So People are excited about record. Miami. Um,
0: they were only. 40 and 32 last year translates to about 45, 46 wins over under this year is 48 and a half.
1: Yeah. People are really excited about Miami. I think there's a lot of question marks. Um, You know, I, I don't know that they'll get anything from Victor Oladipo. I don't know what PJ Tucker has in the tank anywhere. Really, if he doesn't get to guard like Kevin Durant, which he, you know, he will get to do that. Uh, Do we does Tyler Hero get to like take another step? Like Kendrick Nunn was like pretty important to them, but obviously they have Kyle now. I think this is an under. I guess I I guess I probably should hedge and assume that three teams are going to win fifty games, and I think Boston is the third fifty game winner. I think this is a slight under. I just I I just like don't love how old this roster is. Like I I just don't honestly, and I'm very curious to see like how much Jimmy's great and and when he plays he's one of the best players in the nba but like he always misses some games like do we know that kyle's going to be like perfect as like the fourth guy i don't know like what type of leap do we see from bam on the offensive end is tyler hero even like an actual nba starter those those are all questions that like i have and so i'm just gonna i'm gonna hedge and i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that they they do win like right around 48 games probably but i don't think they're a 51 team so i'm gonna go under because i i think this is I think this team's a little bit worse than the public thinks.
0: I agree with you. I'm going under. I started with five overs. I've now gone five unders in a row. Um, I I just think they're still riding the high from that finals appearance and still being a little overrated by that. I just looked it up. The last time they actually won over 48 games was when LeBron was there. Yeah,
1: so I like, mean it's, it's a lot. Of, that's a lot of wins. Like.
0: It's a lot of wins. And like Kyle Lowry's good, but like, is he that much better than Goran Dragic? I don't know. He's, he, I don't think he's, you know, five games better than him. Yeah, he might,
1: he might be, but he, but also like they, they lost Kendrick Nunn too. And like Kendrick Nunn was like a big, right. part and that's of what a they lot did. of
0: minutes, you know? And then like, I think you're right. PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris, like those guys are pretty washed. If, if Oladipo
1: is actually a good NBA player, and I don't even mean like Indiana right. Oladipo, like if he's like legitimately like Orlando Victor Oladipo or OKC, like, that makes this team a whole lot different, but I don't, it, it's really hard to say that he's going to be that obviously.
0: But yeah, I think they're going to win like 46 games. I I'm not super high on them. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, know. I
1: don't know that I'd want to play them in a playoff series. Cause like they'll beat you up and like, it, they'll be right. hard to play against, but I don't know that that like matters on a night in and night out basis.
0: Yeah. They're probably a better playoff team than, than a regular season team. Um, talking about maybe the opposite Philadelphia last year, number one seed, 49 wins in a shortened season. They're over under this year's 50 and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. This is low. I think this is an over. Um, obviously, every bet you make on Philly is just a bet that like Joel Embiid stays healthy, but it seems at this point like we can pencil him in for 60 to 65 games. I think they they made some signings that I, I really like. They re-signed Danny Green, which I thought was good. Uh, George's Niang I think gives them another body who can play the three or the four, and even like the five in, in this you know the right setting. They probably need to figure out the Ben Simmons thing. You maybe don't want that looming over your head the entire year, but I don't I don't I don't know that for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this isn't over. I, I think this team's good. I, I mean, they were really good last year, and I don't know why they wouldn't be as good this year.
0: Well, are they going to – I'm going under just because it's, it's – people are telling me they're trading Ben Simmons. And um, not that that's a – you know, if they get something better, that could be – If good. they get
1: Dane Lillard, we're going way over.
0: Totally. I just – I don't know. I mean, it seems like bad mojo right now. It,
1: it is. It is not great. I, it'll be funny. It, like, I, it's never funny if a player gets injured. But, like, I would love to see, like, the Bovada back room if, like, Joel Embiid has, like, a 30-game injury just like laughing at all the idiots. Like, yeah, I'm worried to,
0: about that too. They did sign Drummond who's, you know, that as many punchlines, he's a good backup. He's center, fine, right? He's a
1: good backup. Yeah. He's a great backup. If doc doesn't guarantee him 20 minutes a game in the playoffs, like Dwight was a really good backup until it was like, why is he playing in like big moments? You know? And I think, I think people in Philly are very excited about Tyrese Maxey. Uh, And that's a big deal. I I still think they need a primary ball handler. Like I I know that they, they didn't, they couldn't really get in on Kyle, but like they really need that guy in my opinion, because, and that's what they they have to figure out a way to get it. If they're going to move Ben Simmons, they they just don't have enough creation outside. And it'd be amazing, obviously don't get me wrong, but like,
0: and the thing that would scare me too, is if they trade Ben Simmons in, you know, after 20 games or something where it's like, can you find the rhythm really quickly right after that? If you have like Brogdon and TJ Warren or whoever it would be, I don't know. It scares me a little bit, but certainly they have the potential to win 55 games. I mean, there's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, this team's good. I mean, good coach, good front office. Like, they'll figure it out. They're not as good as Milwaukee or Brooklyn. It's just. So, those two is.
0: teams are the top teams. Milwaukee last year was slightly down, you know, regular season wise. 46 wins translates to about 52. And they're projected to win 54 and games.
1: I think they got better in the offseason. I, I know how crazy that is to say, but. I think like great adding Grayson Allen is quite good. I think uh, they signed Bobby Portis really cheap. I was afraid they were going to have to like really overpay him. I don't think Bobby's like amazing, but I think he's good for this team. I I think George Hill looked totally washed in Philly. I think in this role, he should be pretty okay. I, I, you know, assuming like Dante DiVincenzo is like healthy to start the year, I'm going to go over. Like, I think this team's good. I think they're not going to play with like the same type of pressure that they had before. So You know, I'm a fan. I think this is an over. I I think them in the Knicks, I think, excuse me. Well, don't go
0: too far. We'll we'll see. I've gone under six times in a row. I'll break that streak. I agree with you. I think they're just a machine at this point. Yeah, this one's close to 60 games three years in a row. They can kind of roll out of bed and win 55 games. Um, And I I think, you know, it will be interesting to win draft because, like, their ceiling is not as high as Brooklyn, but I think they're a better bet to win. 55 60 games just based on like consistency so i think they're well over 54 i don't see the reason that they would like pull off the gas because they pulled off the gas like the last three years and they still win 60 games
1: i mean the bottom line is like in in the east we talked about this before and it's ironic that like milwaukee was the three seed last year and it ended up being you know like they absolutely had to have everything go right for them against brooklyn to, to win that series right but like this year with these two teams and as good as Philly's gonna be, like you absolutely need to finish first in the East. Like you have to, in my opinion. Or like it just makes it way worse in the playoffs. Like you well, really you know, we wanted- talked
0: so much about that last year about how Brooklyn should have tried to avoid the what were they, the two seed? They it were the two seed. seed, yeah. And they had to play Milwaukee early, and
1: they maybe awesome. that was
0: the difference, you yeah. know, because maybe Harden would have been healthy by the conference finals.
1: I mean, I think it's pretty. I, I feel pretty confident saying too, based on what we saw in Philly, that both Brooklyn and Milwaukee would have beaten Philly in the second round. So, like, I, I just, I, I just think it's crazy that like I think these two teams are so good. I think they're the two best teams in the NBA. I, I think Utah has like a regular season claim to to that, but I, I think I, Milwaukee's great. I think both Milwaukee and Brooklyn had like top five off seasons too, which you don't typically see. So I, yeah. So I'm how, a,
0: good, how good is Brooklyn? So over under 56 and a half highest on the board.
1: I think they're the best team in the NBA. I think that this is a 61 team. If everyone stays healthy, I think this might be like a 66 one team. If everyone stays healthy, like I think in a perfect mm. world, like, I, you know, I've heard they might buy out DeAndre Jordan. So I don't know how that will affect like personalities since he's like there to be friends with guys. But, you know, assuming you get just average health from Kyrie, KD and Harden. So like Harden, that's what, 75 games. Kyrie, that's like 55 games. KD, that's like, you know, 60 to 70 games. Assuming you get average health from those guys who, by the way, have only played eight games together in this entire, (laughs) like they're on the same team. They play eight games together. I mean, this team's great. Like James Johnson and uh, my guy from St. Joe's. I can't think of it. James Johnson, and Deandre memory should like credibly be able to provide them like backup wing depth, backup, like four or five depth, if they need it behind Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton, I think we'll take another step forward. Bruce Brown showed that he can play in a lot of different roles. And then just adding Patty Mills, like as that, you know, scorer off the bench and then maybe Cam Thomas can become that later in the year. Like they, they got a lot better. Like this team is, Really, really, really good. Like, I think if they have average health, I think they're far and away the best team in the league.
0: I agree with all your logic, except I'm going under. Yeah, because you're going to
1: bet on them not being healthy. Right, like,
0: and, and just also not being motivated. Because like, I agree with you. Like, I mean, I really, we think
1: Do you think they're not motivated?
0: I, in the regular season. I, I think you're right in the sense that, like, If there was no playoffs, it's just like you have to win as many regular season games as you as you can to win the title. They could win seventy games, like they're that good if they're healthy. Um, I just don't know how much they would care, you know, because the reason they lost last year was health, you know. So like, don't they want to prioritize just resting and being healthy for the finals? And the guy who scares me more than Harden is Durant, just because you know he didn't play a lot last year until the playoffs, and then he went to the Olympics. Can he play 35 minutes a game for 80 games? I don't know.
1: But they, they've done a see. good job. They've done a good job. Like they added Javon Carter, you know, instead of Landry Shaman. Like they, they've done a good job of adding like credible depth pieces for like when you do need to like they're not gonna have to sign like Mike James off the street. You know what I mean? Like
0: But do so- you agree with me on this? Like how good they are. If Kyrie Irving just didn't show up, would they still be your pick to win the title? Yes. I think I would agree with that.
1: And, and here's the thing. It's not, it's not even like a knock on Kyrie. Like I I think, I think Kyrie is worse than James Harden by like a, a good bit. Like I think peak James Harden, which who knows that might be behind us. I'm not sure. Peak James Harden, in my opinion, is one of the best five players in the NBA. Um, but I think even like if they, if you swapped out Kyrie and James Harden, like I think it'd still be given what we saw from Kevin Durant and what the, and how the pieces fit on this roster, I think it'd be hard to not still pick Brooklyn. Like, they're, they're really good. I, I worry a little bit, you know, email Yudoka's is gone. Uh, Mike D'Antoni has gone. Like, I, I worry about that a bit. Right. Like I think from a coaching perspective, like Steve Nash has got a little bit more to do this year than he did last year, but the motivation thing's interesting. Cause like, I don't know, man, Katie looked real motivated at the Olympics. <laughs> Like,
0: well, I'm just would, curious like because he's one of the favorites for MVP like does he want to win MVP this year and is that possible don't think, when don't you have James so. Harden on your team probably?
1: yeah I don't I don't think he wants to win MVP I I, I would be surprised like I, in my opinion like Durant is doing the same thing that like LeBron is doing that like you're you're no longer chasing like you're no longer chasing like your own personal legacy like you're chasing MJ and like the MVPs and stuff they just don't matter right because Jordan has what six finals MVPs I think he has like four or five regular season MVPs like it just doesn't matter. It's the only thing that seems to matter anymore is rings. Cause like now there's all these people that say Kobe's like the second or third best player of all time. And it's like, if that's the case and I'm Durant, then I'm just trying to find a way to get two, three, four more rings. And I, I, again, I don't think that he's going to win four more titles, but like with this team, I would expect Harden to sign an extension here pretty quick. Like I think there's four years of Brooklyn being like very credible title contenders assuming everybody stays
0: healthy. so Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, not that we know the future, but I, my gut tells me Milwaukee's going to be the one seed just because they, they're sort of, like, in rhythm. Brooklyn two seed, Brooklyn
1: three seed? No,
0: I think Brooklyn will be, like, the second seed, like, slightly, like, laying in wait, like a jockey in the final stretch, and then okay. be, like, an overwhelming favorite to win the title. And I think they'll win the title, you know, in, unless somebody gets hurt.
1: Yeah, I think in the regular season. Like, I think just now like you have to assume that they're healthy. But I think like all I, these
0: over-unders, like looking back, like I wasn't confident in any of them really. I thought they were all pretty fair. You yeah. like the Chicago under.
1: And I like Indiana as well. Like those There's that over. over. Yeah. And then the rest of them I think are, are are pretty good, honestly. I'm surprised. Like the Knicks number might be good, but that was the single most like surprising number to me. Like when I looked at all of these, like all 30 mm-hmm. over unders on bottle, mm-hmm. like the Knicks number to me, I just was I, I just was very surprised that it was low. Not that I I, I think like I like I said I, I don't know that it impacted like my pick of over under, but I just think like the Knicks got better and they won at like almost a fifty win pace last year. So like yes, regression should occur, but like I thought their number would be like forty four or forty five for sure. Uh, that's the one where and I thought about it, I was like. Hey,
0: the one that I feel, I don't want to say a lock, but I'm most confident in Milwaukee over, I think, because yeah, that's a low number. they've averaged about 60 wins in the last three years. And it's like, what's different, you know? Yeah, have I guess
1: I, maybe how long they've played, like it's yeah. Drew and Chris Middleton have played a ton of minutes, but like, I kind of feel like when Giannis is your best player and like, you just there's just no off nights. You know what I mean? Like he just is always going to, you're always going to be in the mix. Like he's always going to play super hard. And like, he's always going to, the expectations that are going to be that like people play hard with him. And so like,
0: are you a little worried about just like the wear and tear? They know they all played the Olympics, Drew Holiday and and Middleton, you know, Giannis hurt in the finals. somehow. I know
1: personally, I know how Chris Middleton takes care of his body. Like I I watched how he worked out in Charleston when I worked down there and he would work out sometimes in the practice gym. He's, He's from obviously, Porter Dowd whatever, but I think Middleton is fine. Like I think he's just kind of like a freak, and he can just play a million minutes, and like he knows exactly how to take care of himself. So Middleton's fine. Drew, I think, is okay. I've heard like he's and he's workouts are like excellent. Like, but he does play a very physical style, and his specific responsibilities are different than a lot of modern NBA guards. So. I guess like if I was going to be worried about one of them, I would be worried about Drew, but I'm not really worried about the three of them at all. I think Le- Le- this, Le- this is, this still is just so totally like, like- I'm just
0: making this up now, but I think a lot of times like teams will, like the average team, let's say you're, you know, Charlotte or Chicago and you're playing Brooklyn or, or the Lakers and you're, you're thinking in your head, like, I want to prove something. I want to beat the best. You know, this is the big game for us. I think when they come to Milwaukee, they're like, oh, let's just write it off. Let's, let's just,
1: yeah, let's just go. The hotel's haunted. Like, let's yeah. just get out of there. Yeah, I I could see that. I think that Giannis winning the title and like winning finals MVP and like the way the narrative has kind of shifted on him over the last couple of years, which was always kind of like, oh, well, he can't win. Like in the playoffs, you need him in the, for- you, you, you got to do something else in the fourth quarter. I think that might change a little bit. Zan, like I think there's people that are going to like really try to come at Giannis a little bit more than they, they otherwise have, because.
0: You know, How do you it's sort of like, to be great, him, like you really UC's. have to work hard. I really
1: badly want to see, like, I, I don't particularly care about like the Lakers, but like if I could just pick my like dream, it'd be like Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Eastern conference finals. And then the winner plays the Lakers. Like, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Like I think. Like obviously KD and like is Harden. that
0: what we're gonna see? I don't,
1: I don't know. know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't really buy it from the Lakers. You describe as the much. NBA season. But like, oh. I, is there I another
0: think, team like to look around? We've done all the over unders because that's the top three. I think in a pretty clear order: Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Lakers. Is there no Utah three? is going to
1: win more games than? Okay, oh, so you think
0: Utah is like clearly like in the top four?
1: You, yeah, in terms of regular season wins, absolutely, I do.
0: What about in terms of you know title contention? Like, do you think they're a legitimate 10% yeah, chance contender? I, I think so. I, mean, thought I, that last you, year too.
1: I think I think that they have some like 2018 to 2021 bucks in them. The problem is they don't have Giannis. And that might ultimately be why they can't get over the hump. I mean, I also think, by the way. Like I don't think Portland like elevated themselves into title contention. This is going to be my last point because then I got to run. But like I I don't think Portland like elevated themselves into title contention. But I do think the Larry Nance move makes I, Portland yeah I agree like, very I think interesting.
0: Cause it's like that's what they needed. They needed depth, they needed some energy off the bench. They needed like some they, know, need, they needed a
1: four man who could like credibly play the position without being just like right.
0: And they can go small now, they can go big now. I, I agree with you. I think that really helped
1: them. I wonder wow. I wonder if they have one more move to make. And I don't know if they do. Like they don't really have like young guys that people really want. And so like if you could if you could convince me that like Nasir Little becomes like a rotation player in the NBA, then I might change my mind about Portland and like can they actually win the title? Because I don't think they can right now. And I don't know if Dane feels that way too. So maybe there's still a move. left. Well, luckily there.
0: we both took the over locked it in 44 and a half for Portland.
1: All right. Uh, so I don't know what we'll talk about next week. We'll find something. You know what I mean? We'll find, we'll find something, but uh, oh, Rondo. yeah, we're not talking about that. I, I, Rondo and the Lakers, whatever. Uh, he is saying underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. I'm sure there'll be some good posts coming up soon. You can email the show's at gmail.com and uh, we'll be back next week. And as always, Ann, it's a pleasure.
0: Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.